Episode 146 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Lots of facts and even some fictions being thrown around when it comes to the topic of saving or tearing down Century 2 and deciding on a new performing arts center. Joining me this week are a couple of the major stakeholders in that debate, producing artistic director Wayne Bryan and managing director Angela Cassette of Music Theater Wichita. We'll try to set the record straight a bit today. First, the big story of the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal, focusing on another big decision for this community, a new convention center. Visit Wichita President and CEO Susie Santos says Wichita's lost out on about $46 million worth of convention business because of Century 2's limitations. The Riverfront Legacy Master Plan will present to the Wichita City Council March 24th, but there's a slight change. They want to have a greater sense of urgency about building a new convention center. Shelby Reynolds' story begins on page 12. Also this week, a special report on construction and design. We focus on the construction of an impressive new church in Wichita, page 10. This week, we spend 10 minutes with Mark Clark. He's Sedgwick County's new appraiser. That's on page 23. This week's list, the Wichita area's fastest growing companies. That's on page 6. We say it every week, and every week this great business intelligence is available to you. It's our business leads, new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, who's setting up a new corporation, who owes back taxes, court judgments. It's in each weekly edition. This week it begins on page 18. Back to talk with Wayne Bryant and Angela Cassette after this. Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Well, welcome, Angela and Wayne. Thank you very much for being here. Wayne, you've been here before. I have. Thanks for having me back in spite of all that. You're a podcast <laughs> veteran who did a great job. And Thank you. Looking forward to the conversation today. Angela, welcome. Glad Thanks you're so much. Here. Let's talk first a little bit about you and the leadership of music theater. There has been some transition recently, right? Yes. Well, you know, we've all seen a lot of organizations that go along forever with the same leadership in place, and suddenly something happens that that leader gets bad news or, uh, you know, an illness or something takes them away, and suddenly the organization is scrambling to make sense of how their transition happens. And I've seen that happen to a lot of theaters, and I've been here 32 years now, and I, I came as a 40-year-old, so, you know, I'm in my mid-50s now. I was going now. to say you came as a 12-year-old, <laughs> but okay. And uh, so it seemed important to me to follow the leads of some people that I knew well at the Old Globe Theater in San Diego, where I got my start. They handled the transition so well that their uh, artistic leader, Craig Knoll, stayed around, but he brought on some people who had worked well with the theater and started making sure that they had more and more responsibility. Angela Cassette joined us seven years ago and came in as our, quote, development director. That is somebody who's supposed to you know, raise money right. for us. But she quickly assessed some needs within the organization for a new website, a new logo. She had the big picture just the minute she arrived, and that has not stopped in her seven years with us. So last November, 
we were very happy that she accepted the position of managing director as she takes on a lot of the things that I used to do in the nuts and bolts side of things. But that doesn't take anything away from the fact that she really has an artistic vision also. And she can tell you more about her background and what this is meaning for her. Absolutely. Angela, tell us a little bit more about you and, and talk about uh, filling the shoes, at least partly, of a guy who is a pretty big VIP in Wichita and, and been so successful. He is a big deal, for <laughs> sure. Um, yes, I was so grateful to join this organization when I moved to Wichita. Uh, my background is as a violinist, and my degrees are in violin performance. And after getting those degrees, I married a trumpet player and decided somebody needs a job <laughs> with health care benefits. Right. And so, um, so I started working for orchestras and just found that that was a fantastic fit. And after spending time at the Omaha Symphony and then the Florida Orchestra, um, my husband got a job teaching at Wichita State. And so uh, when I started looking in the community at what I could do, um, I was first of all shocked by the level of artistic energy that was going on in a community the size of Wichita. And then when I met Wayne, I just, you know, I, I say often it was love at first sight. Right, right. And, um, you know, my husband saw a show before I did, and he called me afterwards and said, you are not going to believe this. It just doesn't make sense to have something, the quality of what we're able to do in a city of this size. So... It, is, it was really a joy for me to start working for the organization, and I'm so happy to still be here um, <laughs> and that they still like me. And, uh, you know, I think Wayne's vision in saying, I'm still happy, I'm still like what I'm doing, but I also want to make sure that this legacy is secure going forward right. is something that not every organization gets to have. Um, so I think that he's not only shown a lot of vision, but also a lot of you know humility in saying, I, I know I'm not completely invincible. Right, right. Um, and, and when I first arrived... The first thing donors said to me is, well, what about Wayne? Right. Because he's the face of music theater, and when, you know, what, what are you going to do? Uh, so I think we've, we've addressed that. And it's also great that he's feeling as, as invested and good as he does because we have so many more issues now with the riverfront and looking at the possibility of a new performing arts center. Right. That's going to be a full-time job to work on... You know, assuming that we go forward with a new performing arts center, there's a lot to work on right. there. So I think it's really, it's all very timely. And Brian Markham, who's joining us this uh, spring as associate artistic director, is really, um, has those essential Wayne qualities of just being a lovely person, somebody who has incredible artistic vision and is really invested in education, and he's going to be a great fit for this community, too. Talk about the season, how many shows, that sort of thing. There may be some folks who are listening to the podcast who don't know those details. Uh, when is your season? How many shows? Those sure, just quickly. Uh, Music Theater Wichita always puts on five big-scale Broadway-sized shows inside the indoor Century 2 concert hall. It's a 2,100-seat auditorium. When we were set up back in 1972, the idea was that this new Century 2 
facility had a vacancy in the summers in the concert hall and could something please fill it and wouldn't it be nice if it were also perhaps educational and could guarantee some jobs for local people so it was set up with a very good mission in place and we've tried to honor that all of these years uh, coming up next year will be music theater's 50th anniversary season so we're all you know looking toward how we can make that special but what has kept me here from somebody who was a New Yorker when I came and I thought I was coming for one summer. <laughs> <laughs> what is so unique about us is that the shows that people see here in the summer, all five productions, are things that have been created here in-house. Most cities now, if they have a big auditorium that shows musicals, those are musicals that come through on tour. Right. They unload their trucks, they do their show, it may be wonderful, people see it, which is great, but the money from that organization goes back to its city of origin. They pay rent and they, you know, they, create, they stimulate the local economy, but it's basically an outside entity coming to your town for a few nights and then leaving. With Music Theater Wichita, we hire a summer's worth of technicians, actors, musicians, all sorts of folks who work with us from June through August. This ends up being the perfect summer job for young professionals who are completing their degrees in musical theater or in technical theater, and they need a professional environment where they can really work with Broadway folks and learn what the next step in their career is going to be. So we have this wonderful melting pot of top-of-the-line Broadway professionals on every show, and we have these incredible young people that we see in a nationwide talent search and bring here for the summer, and it creates about 250, 300 jobs every summer here. Uh, we buy about 1,000 hotel room nights just for the people that we put up, and then the kids who come for the summer take summer apartments. When people come downtown to see the shows, the restaurants are full, downtown is alive. It's a good stimulating thing for the downtown area. So the five shows that we open uh, in early June and we go through till mid-August, there's a new show every other week. We only have 10 days to rehearse each show, so everybody has to to be very quick thinking and organized. <laughs> right. But it's amazing how polished and how satisfying a show that's put together with that kind of efficiency can be. And you certainly never see a show that's bored. You know, it's not a show that's been kicking around for a couple of years. Right. And it waltzes into your city and they're sleeping. No, we're just trying to get it right when we open on Wednesday and close on Sunday. We have seven performances of each show. And this year, the five shows begin with Grease, which we've never done. It's the first time we're doing oh, wow. the show Grease. And then The Wizard of Oz in late June is the only show that's a repeat for us this summer. And, of course, it's a classic Kansas story that we'll do quite spectacularly. You bet. And then the remaining three shows are Something Rotten, which was on Broadway two seasons ago and is really funny contemporary new musical about Shakespeare's time and some rival playwrights who are trying to get a head start and create something that he didn't think of. And then uh, Twelfth Night, which is Shakespeare's play, but it's been given this really contemporary, wonderful, upbeat spin. We're one of the first theaters to get to do this new version that premiered in New York in 2018. And then we close the season with Kinky Boots, which is based on a true story about a British shoe factory but it has a great pop rock and roll score by Cindy Lauper and it won the Tony Award for Best Musical. So it's a nice variety of styles and every couple of weeks we'll try to do something magical. High quality production that also has an economic impact on the city of Wichita. And uh, 
Well, let me ask you, you are all obviously huge stakeholders in our discussion about performing arts. So I want to know, since you'll be working there, what do you need and what do you want in a performing arts center? That is a great question. Uh, well, I just want to say first, we've been really thrilled with the process, the Riverfront Legacy Master Plan process, and how the extent to which our input has been solicited. Um, it, it hasn't just been for show. You know, we've been involved in lots and lots of meetings, and there have been really specific questions about our needs. Um, but I think what we're what we're really excited about is the possibility of a new performing arts center and that placement on Maine and Douglas where the the vision that we see is to have a place where people can come and park easily mm -hmm. and maybe eat on the campus and walk over and see a show and where the lobby facilities are modern and they're easily accessible, both our audiences and the symphony audiences, you know, we have a, a definite range of people, but right. we do have a lot of patrons that are a little bit older and maybe don't want to walk incredibly long distances and have nowhere to sit, especially when it's 105 degrees right. outside. Yep. Um, so, and so those, the, the opportunity to really update the patron experience is incredibly exciting to us. And then also to have backstage facilities and onstage facilities that fit what shows do now and the size of casts that we need to have and the, the size of the scenery and having enough space for everything. Um, we've been in a, you know, make it work for decades right. and we're still making it work but um but the idea of really building something that fits with contemporary standards and also especially the uh the need that we all have now that could not have been foreseen we are all so dependent on wireless technology right. both in how we do business and how we run shows so to have some uh, a space that is conducive to that you know that will would be a huge uh, boon to all of our organizations and then for us of course the one of the main things that has made century 2 such an attractive place is the fact that we have shops where we can build on site so that's something we'll be very, very interested in making sure it makes it into a new performing arts center are all those educational spaces where we right. can build. There's been so much discussion about this, and I don't want to go over things that people have heard too much, but just to be clear, uh, Music Theater Wichita exists because Century 2 was, was built with a lot of vision. And when our city leaders 50 years ago created River Festival and the zoo and Music Theater all about the same time, Clearly, there was something in the air, something in the water, where people wanted a quality of life for this city that they were willing to make an investment. And we've all uh, adapted our facilities, and we've all moved forward. We've all been grateful for them. But now it seems like we might be in a place where Wichita is experiencing the same thing, with a new airport and right. a new library and uh, a new ball, uh, the ballpark right across the way from the river. It's such a chance to make make things new again and to look forward to the next 50 years. And of all of the areas where the world has seen change, 
The worlds of how we get our entertainment delivered to us has perhaps changed more than anything else. Right. Uh, so the fact that we have all these new facilities and all this new energy around town and the, and the revamped Delano District and Interest Arena, but the idea that we want to keep our performing arts locked into 1969 just seems so unfortunate to us. Right. We are not a teardown century two. We are not a save century two. We just realized that what Century 2 has afforded us has now hit a limitation right. as progress has moved forward. And if Wichita wants to be as forward-thinking as it clearly was 50 years ago, then we need something new. And, and, and just to explain why refurbishing is less possible for us... The circular shape is a beautiful thing. Circle of life is one of my favorite musical numbers. Sure. Uh, circles are great. They, they, we talk about things coming full circle. It's a beautiful thing. Circles are not the greatest shape for everything. They're not great for shoes. Right. They're, they're not great for a lot of things. That, and when they built the circular century two, the idea was that there would be nothing on any side of it. It would radiate out into all directions. It was a beautiful philosophy. And they didn't think Wichita was a big enough city to ever really need big performing arts or big conventions, but they could pack everything into this round building, make everything a pie shape, and we'd have a little bit of everything to help our city move forward. Because they didn't want any side of it to look unattractive, they didn't want a truck loading dock right. on any side of the round building. So they built this lovely sloped ramp into the basement and these complicated elevators to think, bring things up to the stage level. And it worked for only a little while before trucks got longer instead of 44 feet they're 53 feet right. well they can't make the curve to go into the basement so anytime whether it's materials that we need to bring in on a truck or whether it's the lion king or uh, the upcoming hamilton or any of those big touring shows they have to stop traffic on douglas back the trucks up on Kennedy Plaza. Whatever the weather is, they have to manually unload each truck outside, move each piece of scenery or equipment or costumes down ramps, push them 160 yards across uh, um, convention hall or exhibition hall, which hopefully is vacant when they need it to be, and then move those ramps back around to the stage level and push this heavy stuff up these little ramps. So naturally, the touring producers put Wichita way at the bottom end right. of their priorities. It takes much more time. It costs them more money to load in because it's so primitive, and you just can't keep on a schedule as easily as you can in other cities that have loading docks. Right. Also, with our or performing spaces all being pie-shaped, it means it's wide at the outside where the audience sits, and then when it comes down to the stage, we have, instead of a square or a rectangle, like most theaters do on stage, we have a triangle, and we have these walls that close us off, so the backstage space is very limited. We've learned to be creative with it, but uh, now that there's more and more desire to have the first-rate touring shows come to town, these spaces just don't fit. And you could say, oh, yeah, we could blow out some walls, but it really is uh, a problematic auditorium with no aisles for the audience. Uh, the acoustics in our theater are all plaster walls that right. are curved, so they bounce the sound every direction. How wonderful it would be to have an auditorium with center aisles, with lovely acoustic tiling or a wood uh, finish inside, and a space that actually has backstage space and a space where trucks could load. I mean, this is what 
pretty much all the other cities have. Right. We are just belligerently staying on to, we <laughs> like our round building and we don't want anything to change right. that. And that's unfortunate for the future for the performing arts in Wichita. I'll ask about Hamilton in a moment, but uh, we have the Riverfront Legacy Master Plan. We have Save Century to that petition drive that's going on. We have now this new group, Penumbra, of allegedly <laughs> private investors with a billion and mysterious, a half dollars. Yeah. Mysterious yeah, private exactly. investors who shall not be named. Uh, then we can't forget the work that the Century 2 Committee did, led by Mary Beth Jarvis. Talking it took a about, year to yes, study it in depth. And it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, that they came back with a recommendation of 60 days, let's find a site for a new performing arts center. Did not make a recommendation uh, on what to do with Century mm-hmm. 2. Uh, with with the performing arts part, how are you navigating all that that's going on and all the things that are being discussed when it comes to perform, performing arts? Well, I think for us, we're the the tide f- changed when the mayor uh, when Mayor Longwell uh, created that committee, the Citizens Committee on Century Two, they really took their job very seriously and did a very in-depth study. And there were incredibly intelligent people on that committee. And the recommendations that they came back with were the right recommendations. And then... They they basically said, we don't know how you do such good work in this facility. There's no (laughs) ventilation. You can't get around in the building. There's no backstage space. Why do things look so good? in the auditorium when you're having to put up with such substandard uh, facilities around you. Right. Yeah, and then the momentum that that small group started is really what got this Riverfront Legacy Master Plan going. And really that's, you know, what we're... That's what we're paying attention to. That's what we're investing our time in. Um, the the new the the new group that came forward. I mean, we're definitely interested to hear what they have to say. But there's no provision for performing arts in right. their plan at all. I guess they were asked at their press event. Well, so what about the performing arts? Oh, we'll have an outdoor band shell. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. But there's there's millions of dollars of business that all the performing arts bring to downtown, right. and the fact that they had never even really considered that made us think that this wasn't too seriously done very colorful photos they added legoland international market a big ferris Ferris wheel wheel. yes but none of it seemed actually based in any study of what wichitans have said they want nor a financially feasible look at what all that land can uh, afford wichita people a lot of unanswered questions about their group and we're trying to get more more answers to our questions and hopefully your questions too. One of the things that so impressed us uh, with the group called Populous that's part of uh, the development from the Riverfront Legacy folks, they have been very uh, clear about coming forward and saying, you know what, you've been giving away a lot of your land. You should not be so quick right. to give away your land. Look at what you have. Look at the cities that have made their downtowns these meccas for families to come down and do things together. Plan it out. Think what it ought to be and don't just give it away. Uh, and that kind of surprised and, right. and pleased us. This is not about land development. It's about you only have so much resource and carefully plan it out for the future. You've talked about it a little bit. I'll ask that Hamilton question. Of course, 
Hamilton's coming. They're not scaling back. All is well, right, Wayne? Well, Hamilton <laughs> is a fantastic show. Uh, Angela and I both love it. I've seen it six times. I can't wait to see it again. Every American company of Hamilton so far has boasted at least one music theater Wichita alum. Oh, wow. So including the original Broadway cast. So we've been very invested in Hamilton. We were told a couple of years ago that they had come and measured and they were 11 feet too deep for the stage adding their name to the list of several shows like Phantom of the Opera that have never come to Wichita right. because they can't fit in our space. Hamilton has figured out a way that they can. They say it will be full size. That's great, and we're excited it's coming. It's coming seven years later than it came to some other cities, right. but they have figured out a way to do it. That's fabulous. That doesn't change right. how outdated our facility is, nor the desire to move forward with a more uh, advanced kind of thinking as we plan Wichita's future. I don't think I'm giving anything away about the show when I say that, you know, in spite of it being called Hamilton, the tragic hero of the show is really Aaron Burr. And despite having so many opportunities to be successful and just being incredibly gifted, he kept waiting and not doing anything and seeing which way the wind would blow. And um, so I think there's a real lesson for us there. Right. I mean, Alexander Hamilton did not stop creating. And so much, one of the things that's so fascinating about seeing that show is you start to realize how many things we have today that were things that he thought of and he created. So I think there really is that challenge to us of like, well, what are, what are we doing with our chance? Are we, you know, are we going to throw away our shot or are we going to really make something that future generations are going to be proud of? We don't want to think of it, but here's a what if for you. What if the community says, let's stick with Century 2, no new performing arts center, can you all still survive? I would imagine it's going to be harder, but you all can survive. Well, we've done it for fifty years, right? But it, it's like uh, you know, it's like maybe you bought a, a car when you graduated from college. It was your first new car, and you loved it, and you had your first romances in it, and you have attachments to that car, and you you see other people getting new cars, and you think, no, I'm so loyal to this car, and as long as I can find parts for it, I'm going to keep driving this car and okay it doesn't have modern seat belts and it certainly doesn't have any com computers to tell me safety things about it but i'm going to stick with this car after a while you can't get any parts anymore right. after a while you can enjoy it but it's just something you look at it's not something you'd put your kids in for a, for a drive around the block and Century 2 will get to that point. We think it's pretty close to that. We had an elevator breakdown that takes patrons up to the balcony. And it was down for three and a half months because those parts aren't available. And they had to find a company to recreate how that shaft was originally made. Mm. So at the cost of, how, what was it like? It was, I don't want to say the wrong number, but it, it was, I think it may have been in the 70s or 80000 $80,000 and three months down, wow. they were able to build enough to make that elevator work again. But that's just one of several elevators of the same age in that building. Right. And if that happened, we think there's going to be a lot more of those things that will happen. Also, when it was built Century 2, they did not understand the negative uh, qualities of asbestos. So all the walls are insulated with asbestos. 
that is not a problem so long as you don't disturb those right. walls. But when those walls start to fall apart or if you want to readapt the building and start moving those, it's a very pricey and sometimes dangerous prospect. Right. So there's just a lot to be considered. But if people say that's the only building you can have, we like 1969, uh, <laughs> Instead of some of the other yard signs we're seeing, it was suggested that we start building yard signs that say, keep Wichita mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> we don't think Wichita is mediocre. Right. And we think we could still do good work here. We'll, we'll do our best. But as long as there's so much good energy in Wichita, thinking about the future now, and since the performing arts have proven to be a sellable, marketable, durable, responsible part of Wichita business, why wouldn't we want to invest in that business like we're investing in others? Right. I think there's a real cost versus value thing going on here. Um, Personally, as a Wichita taxpayer, I don't like the idea of my tax dollars going to heat and cool a building that is virtually empty, you know, a huge portion of the time or right. where two thirds of it is unused. Um, our friends at the Convention and Visitors Bureau, I mean, they're just so limited by what they can do and they really need new space as well. But if conventions completely moves out of that building and all we have is use of a third of it, then there's so much there that is wasted um, as we continue to have to make improvements because there has been a lot of deferred maintenance on the building, that's going to come at a high cost and with very little value in return. So I think ultimately, Wichitans are going to look at the two price tags and say, this one is lower cost, but it's so much less value. Um, And and I I think Wichitans are smart enough to figure that out. I need to ask you real quickly about coronavirus. Mm-hmm. That's everywhere now, talking about uh, there are some events that are going on now that have been canceled. Your season, a little bit later in the summer. Yes. But you're still, I assume, planning. We are. Uh, Angela has been meeting with a task force here to get the most updated uh information we can have about what we know about the virus, how you uh, withstand it, how you clean your surfaces, how you p- protect people in crowds. And uh, right now, we are in the midst of our audition season where we go around to different cities. And right now we're weighing whether or not we will go to New York for our auditions this year or conduct some of them remotely. Uh, This is an ongoing issue that changes almost hourly, as, as you know. Uh, most of the experts that we're talking to indicate that by June, we're going to be in a very different place as a country with this. We'll know so much more. The warmer weather most likely will help us minimize the number of people who have flu symptoms or other things that make you vulnerable to the new viruses. So we are planning that we will have no interruption of our summer season, but we are certainly being careful and mindful and looking for industry standards and the the health uh, department for guidance as to how we navigate through these months until our season begins. A lot to consider, uh, whether it's the new facilities or coronavirus, Anything else that's coming at you, you have a lot on your plate, and I appreciate you taking some time today to come talk to us and help us uh, learn a little bit more about where you all stand 
when it comes to performing arts in Wichita well, on a new new uh, facility. Bill, we, we, we so appreciate that the Business Journal always treats us as a business, that even though we are the arts, right. the fact that we create jobs and we bring revenue to the city has always been something that the Journal has covered for us, and we really appreciate it. We're always glad to tell that story, and there are many more stories to come. A lot to consider, a lot on your plate uh, as you move forward, not only with uh, the debate about the Performing Arts Center, but also coronavirus and many other things going on. Uh, You're very busy. Thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Producing Artistic Director Wayne Bryan and Managing Director Angela Cassette. Thank you. We'll be back in a moment. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours. So we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit EquityBank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 146. Check out all our episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at WichitaBusinessJournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter. And thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.